This episode of Intergalactic Interviews is brought to you in part by Over the Moon Games. Purchase the Fall, available now on PC, Mac, Linux, and Wii U. Blending the best elements of sci-fi creativity, The Fall is being called one of the best games you must play of 2014. Purchase The Fall now on Steam or HumbleBundle.com. Psst, some of us worked on it. Order The Fall today. Buy it now. Do, 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 do. Intergalactic interviews, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode forty-six, I believe. And uh, right before we went on the air, uh, we got some pretty somber news about Mr. Robin Williams. Uh, may he rest in paradise. Uh, unfortunately, another person in the comedic community taken down by depression, which is a sad note to start on. But before we get going and talking about that, and uh, I guarantee you we will, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to uh, introduce to you the pride of Edabakoke. Actually, it's not even how you say it. Kobako. Actually, that's not even how you say it. Uh, actually, it's Etobico. Etobico. Uh, and it's not even a small. Okay, that's, I also knew that <laughs> as well. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for the very funny, the very hilarious, and very pleasant Fatima Dari. Hello, everyone. Fatima, how are you doing today? I'm pretty great. How's your drink? Ah, it's nice and cold. Cold. I greeted you in the most insane humidity that has possibly plagued Vancouver today. It's ridiculous. Oh, it's insane. And so I was like, hey, you want to come do a podcast in an AC room and with a with a cold drink and then quickly turn off the AC? You're like, oh, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're ruining it. I know. But you know what? You picked it up with the cold drinks again. So Oh, that, those are the moves I make. Not Good bad. Eh? And they're ice cold. Ugh, nice. You're really covering your bases here. Hey. I make moves. So for those of you guys at home are wondering uh, who's Fatima, Fatima Dari is a comedian. She's uh, been in the scene out west, and uh, she's been making her rounds. And uh, I recently saw her at the Yuck Yucks uh, laugh-off, and uh, it was fucking hilarious. And uh, I approached her Thank after the you. show. And uh, actually, Sunny Dollywall introduced us, I yeah. think, was really what yeah. happened. And uh, you were probably like, oh, Sunny's giving him a thumbs up it must he must be not a murderer and i was like yeah come come do this show it's just me it's like so weird it's a good recommendation yeah and uh it's pretty rad and so i guess sonny had a medium good time on the show himself so he must have you know for him to even say yeah go do it but uh it was nice and so fatima and i have been talking for the last few weeks and kind of catching up here today Mm -hmm. but uh today robin williams takes his own life it's very sad very sad and uh there's no way we can't talk about it no we have to we have to address it because um it happened like an hour ago right right it's it's still very fresh Mm -hmm. um you mentioned that when you came here that you came from a household of people that were very upset visibly upset visibly upset that's uh it's tough to really understand sometimes um how hard it can hit close to home when when you're dealing with someone who is dealing with depression. Exactly. It really touches so many lives and has for some odd scenario or reason, it's just, it's, it's rampant in the comedic world. It's so rampant. It really is. It's the sad clown theory. What, what are your thoughts on how depression affects the current generation of comedians? Well, I think it's, I think depression is, has always been a problem 
uh, in general in life. I think it affects comics that much more because quite often the people that suffer from depression see the world in a different perspective. Mm-hmm. And generally those are the people that pursue comedy right. are the people that have, you know, out of the norm perspectives because that's where people find funny things. That's where you find humor. And I personally have dealt with depression for a long time uh, since I was like a teenager. So did you did you turn to comedy then as a method of coping with it? No, I turned to comedy because uh, (laughs) (laughs) I saw another horrible comic and I was like, well, if they can do this, then I should be able to uh, come up with three minutes and go to an open mic. (laughs) Hello. Uh, Well, welcome to the music industry, because that's also the same standard we hold. Oh, yeah, exactly. (laughs) well, um, how do you deal with your own personal depression and whatnot? Well, a number of things. Uh, probably ignoring my problems is the number one thing. <laughs> just straight up? Uh, just straight up ignoring. It's, it's, a, it's a bad habit. But uh, I just kind of deal with it when it comes... I used to, I used to be on antidepressants a long time ago. Really? Uh, yeah, but they, they were not for me. I think some people just realize that... You have to find alternate means of being able to like restore your mental health mm-hmm. other than, you know, prescribing medication because there's a lot of side effects that come with the medication and it wasn't worth it. It seems like the the industry is uh, and by that I mean the pharmaceutical industry mm-hmm. is just really geared towards take these pills and get out of here. I have five other people to see exactly. in the next hour. Right? It's it's l- quite literally a bandage. Rather than solving the root of the problem, mm-hmm. they just sort of cover up the symptoms, and then they're just like mask it, and they're like, oh yeah, to cover up these particular <laughs> symptoms, uh, we're gonna give you twenty more too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and just go to your job and work until you decide to kill yourself later. It's well, really really bad. Did you have issues with uh, getting off? Oh, yeah, it's you have to wean yourself off of it. It's a whole process. That's a whole other thing. And then the quite honestly, the only way I got through it uh, off getting the antidepressants was my family and my support network and the people around me. Exactly. Because that's when you need people that love you, I think. It's those those moments of of struggle, so to speak. Well, in moments like that, um, it, it is good to have that support system. But when you look at someone like Robin Williams mm-hmm. who it must have been you must feel so unique and alone to feel like you don't have that support or that that support wouldn't be enough mm-hmm. and someone like him who's beloved by you know several generations yeah, of people yeah by right? complete strangers complete strangers that are like wow touched exactly. visibly upset crying over over his his uh his end mm-hmm. which is uh, which is sad but you look at it and you think mm, what's really at hand here like what really is taking place why are why are some humans um why do they feel this way why do they feel like not the right shape they don't fit in with the rest of the the other people you know? yeah i see what you mean it's because i personally deal with depression mm-hmm. i deal with it myself exactly so that's why i feel comfortable even talking about yeah it. me too that's yeah. the, the, i feel comfortable now but when i was mm-hmm. when i would be depressed i the last the last thing i want to would want to do is talk about it right now i'm not in that sort of state so i can feel comfortable and you know what's odd is I, I think if anyone would meet you yeah or, they would never guess they would that. never think that about it's you, true right? i've always been the type of person that uh 
hides my my real emotions underneath. Mm-hmm. Not to say that I'm fake or false or anything. No, no. I'm entirely real. No. But I just I don't I don't feel the need to share my every emotion with everyone right. around me. It's the equivalent of the person who gets up and goes to work every day. Exactly. And and they don't have extreme blow-ups mm-hmm. with people or whatever like that. All that's just internalized. And then and then they deal with it on their own accord, exactly. their own time. And exactly. someone someone would think, oh, that guy just goes to work or that girl just puts her head down and goes to it, you know, not uh, mm-hmm. not any other negative connotation word that's like they're just not functioning inside. It's odd. And, you know, th- with Robin Williams passing away, it makes me think about how many accolades does it take until you're immune to something like this? Because he yeah. has, like, if he felt inadequate, that puts quite the label on, like, a large population of the earth. Like, exactly. Right? That just shows you how much how much fame and uh, the adoration of everyone and and his success doesn't matter if your mental health isn't there. That's right. Like, that's... Your own health is should be your number one, number one priority, mm-hmm. and he didn't take it as a priority. Or I'm not, I'm speculating, of course, but of course he didn't because he went through with what he did. But I think it's so important to take care of your mental health. Like I feel as, as though I'm a bit of a hypocrite sometimes because I let it get to the point where yeah. I just have this breakdown and everything's horrible. But I just I don't want to put anybody in that position and the position that so many people are are feeling right now that are, that, that people are in with robin williams passing uh, it's it's a horrible thing that's happened and i really think that it's it the only good that can come of it is maybe other people taking their mental health as a priority right and not actually ignoring it or putting it by the wayside do you know who michael landsberg is no. He he hosts a show on uh, TSN on mm-hmm. the Bell Network. There, he hosts a show called Off the Record. Oh, that guy. Yeah, yeah he, <laughs> I just didn't know his yeah, name. Yeah, <laughs> kind of kind of plastic looking because yeah. he wears a lot I of makeup. I see him on TSN. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I uh, I always kind of just took shots at him just because uh, you know he, he's he's he gives a lot, so he takes a lot basically, true. which is uh, um, a good thing. But he came out a few years ago stating he had depression mm-hmm. not not in a way that um some people would maybe say they have depression or whatnot but he he came out and said look i've been on tv for you know close to 20 years now and i've thought about taking my life this many times and i've had this many issues behind the scenes there and you uh you know if you go through all the footage of last years you, you couldn't possibly think that i i've been thinking that and he's like so i'm i want to step up and and say, hey, listen, uh, if you guys are having issues out there, you need to step up and you need to have mental health awareness. Exactly. And, and you need to listen to um, people that are, are going to love you and make sure you're going to be around for the next day. Because when you get inside your head and you feel like if I talk about it, I'm weak. Or if I talk about it, I'm not like 
the previous generation that just kind of kept their head down and worked. Exactly. It makes, and that mentality, whenever I, whenever I come across anybody in my life that has that mentality where it's like, oh, I don't want to address it because uh, uh, it's something I should deal with on my own or because I don't want anybody to see me as weak or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's horrible because it it is part of your health and it doesn't make sense for you. If you broke your arm, you wouldn't sit there and think, oh, well, I don't want anybody to see this. I got to fix it myself. It makes no sense. You'd go and you'd get help. Precisely. Yeah, exactly. It, yeah. Because it's not a visible injury. Exactly. People, people think don't make that, it a priority. That's right. You know, if you were, I guess the best way I could say, like if you were to have a, a blood disorder, mm-hmm. it can be with you for a long time and then suddenly it hits a boiling point and you need to take care of it exactly and then everyone goes oh they're really sick yeah they're they're really sick and they really acknowledge it at that point Mm -hmm. but prior to that you're right it's because it's not a visible aspect of your life people People are like oh you don't look sick you don't look like there's anything wrong i don't see the cast on your arm there's no way exactly and it's odd and and you know uh there was another um celebrity who took his life recently um uh well oh, Philip Seymour Hoffman right now they're saying it was a drug was, overdose but yeah. heroin's kind of like a slower version of that like it we, is it, and at the same time it's like I I like, think that like who gets no one gets off heroin no really and know? to go back to doing the same amount that you did when you're oh, right hitting heroin all the time mm-hmm. it, it, he must have known that there was going to be some detrimental it's got to end yeah. like there's no positive heroin story no there really. never is you know and like at best you are a functioning uh shell of yourself at the mm-hmm. end of it right which is odd but uh, i'm sorry I, I cut you off though you were, you were about to say something did i derail <laughs> uh, your point it's gone now that's <laughs> ah, okay it's just like translink way yep. off the rails um the uh, celebrity I was talking about was uh, Rick Rippon, the oh. uh, former Vancouver Canuck. Oh, that guy, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He was an enforcer, and he he apparently took his own life. Oh, I and, didn't know that. you know, you, you think about that, it's like, okay, well, there's the money issue, check, covered, um, adored by people you don't know, check, yeah. um, travel a lot, you have the celebrity lifestyle, mm-hmm. people write about you, et cetera. <clears throat> still not enough. Yeah. Still not still not what people think would be enough. Exactly. Because that's how serious it is. And uh, much like Michael Landsberg stepped up, uh, I believe Kevin Bieksa of the Vancouver Canucks stepped up and started oh. this site called uh, mindcheck.ca, I believe it's called. Oh. Mindcheck. And uh, it gives people a checklist they can go through. And it's like a mm-hmm. depression awareness campaign. And I think it's really important. You it know, is. Like... Especially this podcast is industry specific. I, I have personalities from the industry on here. Mm-hmm. We talk about the industry. Something like this happening is significant enough that I think people should be aware of some options out there. You don't have to feel um, so alone, so isolated. You can actually reach out. And and actually, more than that, from my own personal experience, it would be hard to describe other than Sometimes feeling bad makes you feel worse just because you have no reason to feel bad. 
Exactly. You know, like, like, in, in, and then you don't want to talk about it because of all the things we just discussed. Exactly. Where it's like, oh, so you know, yeah, everything else in your life may be going fine, but because of your brain's chemistry, mm-hmm. you don't feel good and you feel like you don't deserve to feel right. that way. So you just don't acknowledge it and it could get worse. It could get better. But uh, it's always worth checking it out. There's I, always a bunch of options available. Absolutely. You don't have to even do therapy. There's other things like CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy. What's that? That's what? like where you uh, where you set goals for yourself. And it's I I did it before. It's so it's worth trying if you're if you're not looking for traditional types of therapy. It's just like small incremental goals. And eventually, you'll you're gonna get past those hurdles that you have. Is it to create a sense of accomplishment that you can use as fuel? Exactly, exactly. That's smart. That's yeah. very smart. It's yeah. really, it's really effective. Well, that's good. Okay. Yeah. I didn't even know about that. I've never heard of that before. Yeah. CBT. CBT. Mm-hmm. Cognitive behavioral, behavioral therapy. therapy. Smart. Yeah. You're a very smart lady. Did uh, you know that? I am kind of a sponge. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Let me ask you. Uh, so you saw a comic mm-hmm. and that's, and you figured I could do a little bit better than this. Oh yeah. And that's what, that's what gave you your desire to kind yeah. of get involved. I've always loved comedy though. Right. That's something I should mention. Right. It's like, it's always been a part of my life. Like I'd go to the library and like take out like Bill Cosby as himself on ah. record and then go and listen to it at home. Like I've I always too loved Cosme- rented, comedy. Uh, rented media from the library. I can't believe kids who didn't. Like I now know, right? it's a trend. But when I was a kid, I would rep, rent out CDs, records, anything yeah. that I could get my hands on. I believe my mom had a standing reservation for yeah. Dirty Dancing. <laughs> <laughs> Is <laughs> the it longest in, time. Do you have it? Yeah. Yes, Miss McDonald, we've yeah. got it. Miss McDonald, there's a sticky note attached to it. <laughs> so, okay, yes, recovered. Um, I had a, I had kind of a similar experience that got me into the music industry mm-hmm. and, and where I, I kind of saw the things that were being heralded as, okay, this is what's really good. According exactly. to th- these channels and pipelines, this is what's good. This is what's considered good. And you start to think you're like, that's good, but it's, it's not great. It's yeah. Not, yeah. You know, and, and then you yeah. kind of have to take that leap forward. So you saw this comedian Yep. <laughs> and uh, shall remain nameless. nameless. That's okay. <laughs> and uh, you kind of took it to, I think people at home didn't understand. It's like, it's not like you go, oh, I'm going to be a comedian and then jump on stage. No, I've, it's always been in the back of my mind. Always. Like I've, I've performed, so to speak, in the past, but never on stage with just my material where it's all just me and people judge me with their laughter. That right. was something that was out of my scope (laughs) (laughs) what kind of performance background did you have well when i was a kid i i still i'm able to but i used to play a lot of instruments when i was younger really what kind of instruments uh violin the viola uh the cello and the clarinet the violin viola cello and clarinet oh my goodness yeah so when i was a kid I did How did that to, woodwind get in there? All these uh, strings. Woodwind was at the end. <laughs> it's so you're true. Like, you're right. Mom, I'm Nobody tired. ever calls me on that. Everybody's yeah. always like, "Oh yeah, that's cool," but uh, the woodwind is the the odd one out. That's for sure. Pull a producer card there. Yeah, I was like, exactly. I was like, wait a minute, hold on. Here. <laughs> this doesn't sound right. Uh, I, that was a high school band. Oh, where I see. I was forced when we moved out here. Uh, there is no strings program when I was in school, so I was like, "Well, I still want to do music." Yeah. So. Yeah. 
I really, I wanted to play the saxophone, but there was two saxophone players already, so I just got stuck with the flute or the clarinet, and I'm like, I'm not going to be some stupid flute girl. Oh, shit. I'm going to learn to play the clarinet. <laughs> I think if you were a flute player... Some uh, flautist. A flautist. What a stupid name. A flautist. Who wants to be a flautist? If you were a flautist... I don't even want to be a florist. Why would I want to be a flautist? It sounds so much worse. <laughs> it is worse. Yeah. If you were a flautist post-American Pie... So you, you yeah, had, you had a tough go of it. Yeah, there's connotations associated Absolutely. with that. Absolutely, as a female, that's right. Flautist, right? <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, hey, you know, you're setting yourself up. It's, it's not a good look. Exactly. But uh, okay, so you have this musical background. Yeah. And then you see this comedian much later on, and and you go, I I think I could do that. I could do better than that. Exactly. Okay, so at what point did that switch hit in your head that you go, okay, I'm going to start writing bits. I'm going to start putting together jokes. I'm going to have angles. It all angles. happened really fast, actually. Really? Okay. I saw, I saw a this. show on Friday, uh, and that was one of my first comedy shows that I'd have been to. That was an amateur show in Vancouver. I'd only been to the clubs at that point, right. but this was an amateur show. And I saw the show, and afterwards I was like, well, i got to give this a try. So I talked to the promoter. And she said, hey, I've got this open mic every Thursday. Come back. I'll totally give you a spot. If you bring friends, I'll put you whenever you want. <laughs> so I was like, perfect. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> I'll bring a support network. I can go up eventually, not at the end of the night like every other comic. Right. And so at the following Thursday, I invited my friends. And there was maybe about eight people there that I knew. And I did my three minutes, and it was not the worst. Oh, <laughs> I mean, wow. looking back at it now, it's horrifying. But I got some laughs, and I got some unexpected laughs because of like off-the-cuff things that I said. Mm -hmm. So that, like, that was the best part to me was that what I came with up, like, up with on the spot was humorous to people. So your first that, experience was really good. Oh, yeah, it was positive. And then after that, I just kept coming back. Like, most people just again and again eat dick so bad the first time yeah right? you just I know, i'm not saying that i didn't eat dick i still ate dick in the scheme <laughs> like the scheme of things but i i got enough motivation or response from the audience to like motivate me into another set and wow. that's what kept me going was just like on a set by set basis oh crazy okay. for a while at least so it, it was such a whirlwind then for you to to take it from Hmm, I think I could do this too. Okay, now I am actually doing it. It really was. That first three minutes that you went up, was it like <laughs> calendar? Did it feel like a long time? Was it oh, little... it felt like forever. Yeah. It felt like an age, like a whole arc in history had gone by. <laughs> like it was the golden age before, and then by the end of it, it was the dark age. It was horrible. <laughs> but now it's like I have the complete opposite problem where if I get if I get a five minute set, it, it goes by like like oh, that. So like quick. nothing. Exactly. I I wanna I don't wanna I don't wanna burn your angle on this. Oh yeah. Because <laughs> you, you you do it so well. But the the first thing I ever heard you say when you you're like opening segment. Oh yeah. I'll tell you off air just so I don't burn it right now. But I'll just say Fatima's opening angle was so good that it immediately locked me in and uh yeah I was, I was i was like okay what the hell's going on here because it was so good yeah it stood out it was actually one of the i counted it was one of the three applause breaks of oh. the entire night which is uh pretty <laughs> that's amazing. real good yes yeah, so it was really nice um you have uh 
kind of, if I may describe, if I may. Oh, yeah. Kind of a self-depreciating. I mean, you may not, but go for it. I may not. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, Kind of a self-depreciating angle sometimes with your humor. Yeah, and people aren't along with the along for the ride most of the time. <laughs> people are like, "But we like you so much. You, there's no way you don't like yourself." Come on. <laughs> and then it, you know, I think coupled now with with some of the uh, beginning segments of the show mm-hmm. where we're talking about it now, is that a way for you to kind of diffuse the venom? Oh yeah, a bit. Uh, like one of my new favorite jokes is uh, about my weight. And that's always been a huge issue for me. I've always been like the the fat one in my family. So, and it's always something I've always wanted to address. But every time I've done it in the past, I always got the same reaction from the audience. The aww, <laughs> like they just saw baby monkey or something. <laughs> I could have chosen a better animal for that, Jesus. considering my race, but I didn't. Jesus, <laughs> maybe a baby owl. All right, a baby owl for there. the PC aww. people out there. But uh, yeah, so I didn't really find how to approach it until I just, <laughs> until I just got as as real as I could get with it. It's just like I just want to be fat, guys, and call myself fat. <laughs> I so, liked how you were just self depreciating. Yeah. D- even in your animal description. Oh yeah. To yourself, describing yourself, appreciating. <laughs> that wasn't comedy. even intentional. It just I came was like, out Jesus. like that. Here we go. That's just how my you're brain like, works. You're a natural. That's yeah. what we're saying. Uh, like you get let's it. not go too far. Come on. <laughs> Uh, all jokes aside, though, you are actually really well liked in the scene. Yeah, which I, is crazy. I know you're very humble about it, but uh, people do take a liking to you. You so do weird. have like a, a very strong charisma connection with, with folks. Do you feel like? Do you feel like comedy is the the stepping stone to another aspect of in entertainment that you want to take, or is there? <laughs> funny you should mention uh, that a, you know, another angle uh, i am actually looking into pursuing acting in the near future excellent because everybody's always like oh fatima why don't you pursue acting totally so i'm going to well we had quasi on the show a couple weeks ago yeah he's, he's been on the actor. show a few times you know quasi mm-hmm. thomas and uh quasi uh he, we always talk about the audition process and he's always oh, like yeah. he's like man basically my agent called me be like they're looking for an african-american or african-american-esque looking guy and he's like so i'm always in there he's like he's like it's like seven brothers and like one italian guy yeah <laughs> like really dark tan yeah I, I was like oh okay and was, how's it go he goes he's like the crazy thing is like it's always the same seven dudes like yeah. every single time you, you see know? the same people so i would have to imagine like your odds must be insane if, if you should go into it you should I totally know. do everybody's it. it's everybody that i've talked to about it they're like oh fatima the, the ones that are in the industry right, right now, they're like, there's not that many like attractive black women in Vancouver. That's right. <laughs> you should, should pursue it. That's and right. I'm like, but my sister already does it. Oh, <laughs> she's oh, an wait. attractive black woman. And she's according involved? to her, yeah, she's an actor, actress. She's with a, a really great agency. Oh my God. So you so, already have the family angle. Yeah, I've got the family angle. Come so. on. <laughs> what are we talking about here? This is insane. It's funny because now I, I, I just. Anytime I look at the split up of our family, like my little, my littlest brother, uh, who's, well, not my littlest brother, but the one that's in the middle, that's an adult now, he pursues music. My sister pursues acting, who's the one that's next to him, and then I'm the oldest or the eldest, and I'm pursuing comedy. <laughs> so wow. We're all pursuing some horrible dream. I have 
A similar situation. Yeah. Um, I come from a, a family of five. Oh, I'm from a family of five too. Well, I should say, f- I have five. Oh, I have five children. Five, five children. Siblings. Yeah, yeah. Five siblings. That's what you meant too, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's when people say that, it, they include their parents. Right. Pfft. Right. Amateurs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I had uh, foster kids with us when we grew up, so there was yeah. like, we had these uh, uh, three triplets. Oh. Like the well. Uh, was that the most redundant statement ever? Like, yeah, I needed no. to say three? You mean, did you, you have nine people? Said, yeah. The, fu- the worst part is that I didn't even acknowledge or recognize it. You're just, I like, just like, amazing. Oh, yeah, three triplets. Yeah, yeah I know that number. Wow. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I had these triplets uh, as foster kids. That's uh, crazy. As foster brothers or foster sisters. And uh, mm-hmm. so we had like eight kids, really. <sighs> yeah. And so. Busy my, house. Right. So not counting foster kids because they went out and did their own thing. Yeah. But uh, everyone in my family, with the exception of my oldest sister, who is the oldest. Right. Uh, everyone's in the industry. Everyone does their thing. Exactly. Everyone, yeah. And uh, I, I find that I think that it's just uh, you usually see that case where there's multiple people in the family that are pursuing something creatively, whether it's like music or comedy or acting mm-hmm. or art or anything like that. It's weird when it's just one person in like a family of like accountants or something like right. that. Right. That it's like, are you sure you share DNA? Exactly. Are you sure there's something? Because they're the only ones wearing t-shirts or a tank top. Exactly. In a sweater vest photo, yeah. right? And exactly. Like, like, oh yeah, un- Uncle Keith, he's kind of you know whatever. He's the odd one out. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, in my family, it's uh, maybe I don't know if this relates because you're yeah. all in the entertainment industry, so yeah. I, I very rarely get to ask this question, but. Yeah. Is there like, there's obviously not internal competition to the point that like, it's like cutthroat, obviously, (laughs) but is there like, like in my family, there's this almost unspoken label of like, who's doing the worst? Oh yeah. Right? Always. So it's like, (laughs) so it's like, who's the worst brother basically? Yeah. In my family. And so for the longest time, like so we didn't even talk about it for a long time because it was like it was very ambiguous yeah. <laughs> as, to, as to who that actually you don't was. Don't address the elephant in the room. That's right? right. Yeah. Right now, I like to think everyone's doing really well. Yeah. But like for the longest time, I, I was like, oh, there's no way. I know why though. It was you. Yeah, exactly. There's no way I'm not the worst brother. Right? I'm like, yeah. oh, look at this. You know, they've all bought houses in the last years, so a couple of years, and. uh and then I look at it, I'm like, okay, well, my older brother's like touring. He's going back on tour in a couple of weeks here with Ellesmere, the oh. punk band in the city here. Oh. And, um, That's one of my friend's uh, f- uh, favorite punk bands, or his uh, friends are in it too, or something. You're talking about Alex? Alex Brawling, yeah. <laughs> Alex is a rad guy. Alex is the best. I'm trying to get Alex on the show very uh, soon. I'm sure he'd love to be on the show. Uh, I met him same night I met uh, Steph McNeil, actually. Both uh, are one of my favorite. They're both my favorite people, or part of my favorite people. Part of your favorite people? Oh yeah. Well, I wouldn't single them out as my only favorite people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Ste- they are a part of that crew. Stefan's uh, hilarious. Oh, and, I'm gonna. Uh, I miss that guy so much. Yeah. Oh, speaking I of which, miss him more than I should. Speaking of which, uh, so when I had Jordan on the show a couple weeks ago, Jordan Cohen. Oh yeah. Jordan Cohen, great comedi- guy as well. Comedian extraordinaire. He says. Uh, he says, ah, you better pack your bags, Fatima. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, Kyle Bottom on, comes on Intergalactic Interviews, moves away. Yeah. Stephen McNeil comes on Intergalactic Interviews, moves away. Jordan Cohen comes on Intergalactic Interviews, moves In away. In the process of moving away. Now, either my show is horrible, yeah. and I just turn you guys off so much that the city is just like, you can't come back. It's just so bad. 
or there's something afoot here. So do you have your bags packed? Uh, well, I got them packed, but for different reasons. Oh, now. shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> no, I, don't, I don't have my bags packed. I don't have any intention of moving uh, to Toronto specifically yes. anytime soon. It's where I came from. <laughs> I can go and visit anytime I want. I've got visitation rights with That's Toronto, right. but I have, I have no interest of, in moving there anytime soon. I appreciate you breaking the streak because oh, yeah. I was a little concerned <laughs> for a little while. I'm glad that I broke the streak for you, too. Wouldn't that be weird if it was like... It would be a little weird if you were like into episode 60 and then it's just like <laughs> just a, a string of just people that you've just pushed out of the city. Exactly, right? Like I'm like, oh, Jesus, here we go. Um, I've I've had a, a pretty good run with the podcast so far. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like the way it's going. Um, it's audio only right now, obviously, for anyone listening at home. Thank goodness for that. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah. I've always thanked my lucky stars. I'm like, Jesus, you can't see me sweating there. Oh, yeah. But uh, we've actually been making moves to switch to video. Oh. Uh, we're hoping after episode 50, we'll be doing that. Nice. So we'll have a couple couple things set up here and well, we'll never some... coming on your show again <laughs> <laughs> why everyone can see how lovely you are come oh yeah <laughs> come on okay so i got some questions for you uh can we do some listener questions yeah sure okay uh let me pull it out here for you uh he's pulling out the questions, questions. yeah can i just say the uh the pro tip i received today <laughs> Anyone who knows me knows I sweat so much, and I have a hard time managing my temperature. So, Fatima comes in here today, and uh, she's got, like, this really nice laminated menu. <laughs> and I was like, what's this? It's like a food truck cart thing. And uh, she goes, oh, it's just uh, the, the menu I stole today. I was like, what do you mean? She's like, ah, oh, you know, because you know, it's, it's laminated. Like, it's perfect. It won't bend. <laughs> I was like, what? So there's a pro tip for you guys. And I'm going to, just so you know, I'm not even making fun of it. I, I'm like, I think it's actually good. That's a good move. So I'm going to use that because I uh, I sweat basically a whole weight class every time I come in here. I, I walk in a heavyweight, I walk out featherweight. Oh, man. Um, okay. Is it horrible that I wish that that was my problem? <laughs> <laughs> come on. I just sweat... Uh all of my impurities, <laughs> all, uh, which is a lot. I put a lot of horrible things in me, mostly food. <laughs> Have you ever done any of those uh, crazy spa, like UV saunas? No, I've heard about, like, I love saunas and uh, steam rooms and whatnot, but I've never, I heard about that, but I've never gone and pursued it. Have you, have you done before? I've done one. I, I did one with uh, my girlfriend. She, she was like, let's do this. And so you're just sitting there naked oh. and, uh, um, it's not like, selling me on the sofa. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically like if I could give you a size here, it's of me. No, of uh, <laughs> she's like, what? What are we talking about? The size of the room yeah. is uh, uh, like it's like two phone booths, essentially. It's like that, but one. Well, you know for the saying? children, uh, that means about uh, a cubic square. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> uh, was not an actual measurement. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's, it's one Doctor Who TARDIS. Yeah, basically. there you go. Oh. That's something for the kids. There you go. Um, and so you sit there, and it's just like, it's first of all, you feel like chicken, like under the heat lamp at yeah. McDonald's. So you're just <laughs> sitting there, and it's this weird red light. And you sit there, and you're like, oh, it's, it's kind of warm. Like, it's already a sauna temperature when you get in. But yeah. then you sit there, and it's about 30, 45 minutes, something like that. Oh, boy. And uh, 
immediately you're about five minutes in you're like holy shit there's another like 30 40 minutes of this like i gotta like oh my god you so you're breathing like short breaths and but you just start it's like someone turns the faucet on the top of your head on it just like and you just start pouring oh. sweat it's uh it was actually super refreshing when you step out of the sauna it's probably the most scandinavian thing i've ever done in my life it's <laughs> <laughs> Oh yes, he comes into the sun. And not eating meatballs from IKEA right <laughs> on the top spot. <laughs> right there. Okay, you ready to uh, to play? Uh, you know what? It's usually a flash, f- uh, flash five. Flash five. But I only got three written down here. I don't know what I was doing. Flash three. Can we do a flash three? <laughs> maybe I'll, maybe I'll I'll uh, improv. I'll freestyle some off the top of my head here. All right. But um, improv the first. What question the first? <laughs> uh, Writing in groups or writing alone? Just one or the Ooh. other. Yeah. Well, I, I, I see the merits in both. I think it's good to write on your own for sure. At least when that's what I do first is pursue premises or ideas on my own. Mm-hmm. And then once I've got like some sort of skeleton of a joke, at least then to write with others. I think it's great to write with others. I have a couple of writing partners that I. I was gonna say this with. is you saving every relationship yeah. that you have already established with writing partners. Yeah. You're like, like, well, let me just say Fuck them. They're horrible. <laughs> I write everything myself. No. Uh. <laughs> I just saw that going down. I was like, oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Okay. No, mm. it's true. I there's merits in both, like I said, but it's. I think it's great to write with other people. I think. I think there's a there's a certain number of people that you can write with before it gets to be cumbersome or just what is that uh, number? useless. Well, anything in my experience is three is the maximum for me. Three. <laughs> yeah, three people maximum. Otherwise, it's just everybody tries to talk over each other, and you, there's no actual progress there's no cohesion to yeah it. there's no cohesion and it's it's best when you find someone who thinks on the same wavelength as like like one of my friends um another very great comic you should have him on your show who's that <laughs> his name is brett nicolick oh shit he's so funny uh and uh he's one of my new writing partners and especially we connect on a sort of uh, we think the same way is what I'm trying to say. Mm, okay. And that's why when I approach him with, you know, a skeleton of a joke, because we're on the same wavelength, so to speak, he can help me, you know, make it more punchy or like help me rearrange it so that it's better. Or it's it's good to have another perspective, I think. It's good to have a perspective that you yeah. respect. Exactly. Right? That's the thing. It you has don't, to be. Yeah. You don't want to be involved with someone who sabotages you. Exactly. Right. And like, I mean, let's be honest, like. One thing I like about the comedy uh, field mm-hmm. and the industry is, like, I'm saying this as a pure fan, obviously. I mean, yeah. like, <laughs> yes, I have lots of comedians on the show and whatnot, and we like to laugh and have a good time. Yeah. But, like, uh, I don't do stand-up, so I I just enjoy it purely as an art. So I, I am, like, a pure fan, and mm-hmm. I love it. So when I have someone like yourself on, I think, okay, let's dive in here because i i want yeah. i, I want to know these things as a fan right yeah but i'm still very much a fan myself <laughs> right like, uh, but you have to be hyper aware of the fact writing groups or solo 
that absolutely not everyone's looking out for your best interests. Yep. And sometimes they might be those people in a writing group, etc., where they're like, ah, that idea you have, I don't know about that. And then it's it real gets, shit. Right. It gets <laughs> exactly. recycled, a, you know, a couple months later. As, exactly. Uh, whatever, right? You know what? I wouldn't put it past some of the people uh, out there, but generally, in my experience, the Vancouver scene is it's so wonderful. Everybody mm-hmm. is so supportive and just very... Uh, they're in the mood rather than to bring you down. They'd rather, you know, compliment you or give you a tag to help you. Right. Whereas people who are from other scenes that have implanted themselves into our scene recently, upon first glance, they're like, what is going on? How come everybody's so polite? <laughs> How come everybody's not giving me death stares? <laughs> you know, they're trying to be my friend. That's right. What is this? Right. Especially in southern Ontario where it's like, Oh, yeah. Screwface capital. Oh, man. Cutthroat shit over there. (laughs) Right? Yeah. And see, I, I, myself being from Ontario, the two Mm -hmm. of us being from Ontario, no doubt you were probably tagged the same uh, sticker I was when I came out here, which was like, oh, you got East Coast mentality. Oh, you're a Toronto. Oh, you're a Toronto person. Meanwhile, I'm from Central Canada. Yeah. (laughs) Northwestern Ontario. Which is not Toronto at all. Right. I'm trying to explain. I'm like, Ontario is the size of three U.S. states. Exactly. Like, like, figure it out, right? Yeah. Um, And so I get the East Coast thing on me because I'm very, very grind-esque in my approach to, Mm -hmm. to music. And so I'm always like, when when does that have to be done? I want it done yesterday. Let's yeah. let's get on it right now. Go, 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 Whereas go, like go. some personalities on the West Coast are like very manana. Oh, we'll do it tomorrow. Isn't that oh. so bizarre? That's yeah. what I've noticed as well, is that there's yeah. there's less of a sense of urgency. Hmm. Over here everybody's like, Oh yeah. It's, it's <laughs> like it's like it's like Jamaica out here. Exactly. Don't worry about the Exactly, man. exactly. That's my horrible Jamaican accent, everybody. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> I gotta admit that uh that might have uh, offended quite a few people. All right. <laughs> Doing my job. Doing your job. <laughs> uh, let me say this. Uh, uh, worst game of the two. Ooh. Okay. Question the second. Worst game of the two. Uh, Jeopardy or Wheel of Fortune? Ooh. Oh, this is a tough yeah. one for most me. People, most people like both of them. I like both of them. I grew up watching both but of them. But what's the worst of the two? But I share more of a connection with Wheel of Fortune. Oh, shit. Uh, a wheel watcher. I'm a wheel watcher. Well, mostly because when I was a child, uh, my mother had bought me... I don't know why I'm being so formal about this. When I was a child, my mother <laughs> had purchased... I mean, when I was a you, kid, you my preface, mom... <laughs> you preface this whole interview by being like, can I swear? Is yeah. that okay? And <laughs> I'm like so proper. Um, when I was a child, my mother had purchased for me. Uh, no, she, she got me this handheld wheel of fortune game that i just played non-stop really? <laughs> for like three summers <laughs> like i eventually i, I got uh was it random there was four cartridges yeah it was random and the cart eventually by the end of it i knew every single answer <laughs> oh shit nothing was a surprise but i became obsessed with it because of that and then I would watch the shows and try and guess. And now I don't watch it uh, as much as I did when I was a kid. Now I just catch it sometimes. But even still, my instincts are still there. <laughs> I'm like, ah, the next letter, they should guess a T because it looks like it's going to be a lot of T's. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I saw some guy guess the, uh, what do they call that final round? When the f- they, they, call, they call it the final is round. Is it final yeah. round? Is that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess the guy who names things was off that day. The final puzzle. Final so puzzle. So if you want to say that, yeah. The guy guessed it with no letters. 
Yeah. Perfect. It's crazy. What? Because like, if you look at it's if you play a lot, and I'm assuming the people that would be on that show would be someone who watches a lot of Wheel of Fortune, you can look at a category and then look at the amount of letters in it and the spacing of those letters and have some kind of right? guess. I, it's I, crazy that that guy did that, though. I'm surprised he didn't do wild. it without any letters. Have you that's seen not it? usually it's, the case. It's pretty wild. I think Pat Sajak has a coronary. He oh, like, I <laughs> he, would believe he's like, that. He's like, My favorite cheat? game now is uh, Family Feud. I've been all about the Family Feud the lately. Steve Harvey hosted? Steve Harvey. Right. He's great. I mean, like the other ones in the past, some of them have been wonderful. Uh, Louis Anderson being the worst, but Steve Harvey is amazing. Do you know Louis Anderson's gay? Did you know that? What? Yeah, apparently. Is that he, a well-known fact? Because um, I've never heard that before. I heard recently that he had come out privately to many people like 10, 10, 15 years ago. Holy crap. Like a long time. And it's just never made a George Takai-esque yeah. kind of uh, <laughs> never statement. Never made a career out of it. Right, right. <laughs> totally. I'm gay. And from Star Trek, give me all your money, That's please. right. That's right. Yeah. Man, he's collecting so many angles there. He's like, I'm, I'm yeah. good. He's oh, like, I, I'm relevant like, again. <laughs> Let me ask you a question about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had a, uh, I had just listened to uh, George Takai debate. Um, oh, what's her name? Shelly or Sandra, some crazy white lady name uh, from uh, the Westboro Baptist Church. Oh Lord! <laughs> yeah, it happened many many years ago. But but he he debated her directly, and he was being yeah. very like listen, listen, I have a question for you. <laughs> Just listen, if you will give me one minute. His like voice is so resonant. It's crazy. It's, it's crazy. It's that insane. It comes inf- out a little, chi- little Chinese, Japanese man. Do you know what Ooh, his inflection? I really his, racist his, there. His little, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, here you go. I know he's Japanese too. I don't know why I said that. His inflection is like, like a ski jump. It is. Because it's like, Hello, I need you to know. Uh, but you know, that's, it's 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 funny because that's like what Japanese uh, sounds like. If you hear someone talk totally, ja- right. speak Japanese, they're like, right. I I just I don't know uh, any Japanese words. I know hajimashite. What's that? What's that? That means nice to meet you. I recently. What was it? Toshimashite. What? It's uh, doyatashimashite, which means like no, you're welcome. I think, and it's. I thought like, that was origato. Don't we? Sticks oh. taught me that that was domo arigato. That's Isn't, thank you. That's thank you, right? Yeah. Would you Do say? Ta- Doyo de, or don't touch the mustache, which is how I remember it. <laughs> <laughs> That's how someone taught me. <laughs> don't rem- touch the mustache. Do Japan- you remember Japanese by an English phrase? Yeah. <laughs> uh, kind of weird, but it's the only way I know. A couple weeks ago, uh, an album came out in Japan that I produced a few songs on called oh. uh, Music Is My Life by MC Jure. Oh. He's MC Jure in North America, and in Japan, he's just Jure. Jure, yeah. yeah. And uh, I learned uh, the, the words I know in Japanese are relevant to our <laughs> dynamic. So so I know like Oto is beat, like yeah. sound. Yeah. And uh, so he'd be like, your Oto just Kashkoi. And, and I'll be like, what, what's Ka-? He's like, Kashkoi is genius. And I was like, oh, this guy's wow. laying it on me, right? That's I'm like, great. Oh, oh, here we go. Here we go. I'm improving Canadian Japanese relations <laughs> for years now. Yeah. Um, I don't even know how we got on this. I'm sorry. We I know. I'm sorry. Going. I just like keep. I'm like that kind of person where I'm like, oh, this thing. <laughs> Let's talk about this. Yeah, this is a this is an amazing flash three <laughs> that we're doing here. Uh, okay, it's very flashy. Very flashy. The the second 
third, whatever number we're on, third. Um, Numero tres. Saturday Night Live mm-hmm. or Mad TV? Ooh, Saturday Night Live. Yeah? Yeah, okay. absolutely. As, as much as I like some Mad TV seasons or... Not even seasons. <laughs> just characters? Just characters. What, or... What's your favorite character? <sighs> so difficult. Maybe... It's, uh, I really like Stuart. Oh, my God. Oh, Stuart. I think that was... Uh, oh, no. It's Mi- so good. Michael McDonald? Mike, yeah, Mike. Yeah. Was it... Is this his name Michael McDonald? I don't think it's Michael. It's, it's something McDonald. I don't know if it's... Or maybe I mean, it's, I would remember, it's Michael something. I remember... Fuck, what is it? You know what it is? It's something... I mean, I'm a McDonald. So you Everybody, think I would remember there's that. people listening to this now. Oh my gosh, it's oh my this. <laughs> yeah, totally. Who, how come you guys don't know that? Jesus, you got a phone. But yeah, Stuart's great. Yeah, I have my phone, my supercomputer is right beside me. <laughs> <laughs> With literally the answers to everything we've ever done in humanity. Uh, yeah, ever. I'm still it's like, like oh, let's just speculate. <laughs> Meh, let's just, let's just try and figure it out on yeah, our we're own. Figure let's it just spout out some names, see what happens. Okay, I, I got a, a bonus round question for you. All right. Uh, SNL. Mm-hmm. Or Keegan and Peel, Keegan Peel. Still, you know what? If if it was a more specific SNL question, like what years of SNL? Oh, okay, absolutely. Well, cause, oh, because you but, think I'm I'm putting this against the body of work of like uh, like Belushi and stuff like that? No, I'm not. I'm not doing not. that. But you know, current. It's funny because some people hate on current SNL, but I think there's some wonderful act, like wonderful sketch people on SNL right, right. now, like Kate McKinnon. I think she's so funny. I think her characters are just so on point. Like, her Ellen is amazing. <laughs> I like Jay Farrow. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. There's lots of great people, like, currently on that show. I heard Jay but Farrow. But some sketches are just like, whoa, whack. <laughs> did, did you hear how his set was at no. Uh, Pemberton? No, I didn't. Pemberton Music Festival here in BC. He did a, he did a little set. And, I didn't uh, even know he did a set. Everyone listening at home is like, who the fuck is Jay Egyptian? It's like, that's not his <laughs> name. It's Jay Farrow. But uh, he does... Um, He's very famous for his impersonations. He exactly. does like he does a spotless Obama. Like, yeah. Spotless. Probably People, the best in the biz. Probably. It is the best in the biz by yeah. far. And uh, I've heard two mixed reviews. I heard one that was like, wow, it was amazing. And then yeah. one that was like, ah, it doesn't suit the venue. Doesn't oh. suit the venue. Do you think uh, do you think comedy at music festivals is a, a good thing? Because I've heard from I've heard privately from comedians. I won't yeah. say who, but <laughs> privately from comedians that it would just they would rather go out and be shot in oh, yeah. front of that crowd rather than work that crowd. You, you know? know what? Uh, from the comics' point of view, I can see why people would say that because it's it's horrifying. Like, why would you want to go? And most of the time, the crowd is either hopped up on drugs or alcohol or any number of things they're not paying attention to you they're partying if you were at a party and all of a sudden somebody grabbed a microphone and was like hey listen to my jokes that's right yeah people will keep partying yeah exactly so it's not the performance scent of mine like, <laughs> like, like you wouldn't you. go and like have a play of Macbeth <laughs> like at like in the summer festival it makes no sense no kidding no yeah. like if you walked up and turned down the music yeah can you imagine <laughs> like, like walking up hey, I know everybody's dancing right now <laughs> Yeah, I know. Was, I know that this is how we do it, but let's like turn down Montel for a second. Oh yeah, listen to my is, horrible jokes. Yeah, like if it, if it, it was like this is how we do it. You're like, okay, guys. So everyone's having fun. Yeah. Um, I just got a few things I want to say. Yeah. Everybody would be like, what the. 
frick is going yeah, on? Right especially now? <laughs> especially if you just showed up and did it without like a, a proper MC. Oh yeah. Or intro or bullet or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, if you just like just... walked up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it would be it would be a horrible experience. Yeah. But then from the other side of things, like comedy, it's I think it's experience some kind of experiencing some kind of resurgence now or some kind of like. Uh, a, a different popular age than like not obviously like it was in the 80s but people are people my age that maybe wouldn't have been interested in comedy 10 years ago are now interested in who's the hottest comic or like, that's right yeah. what who's coming out with a new half hour special that's like right. it's something that they're actually interested in and those are the people that go to those festivals so it makes sense why they would want to have a comedy stage and a lot of them have wonderful stages like Bumbershoot is one that's, oh, that's down true. in Seattle yeah. yeah, and it has a wonderful comedy aspect of the festival it's great do they do a side stage or is it the main stage I think it's a, it's a side stage it's always a it's yeah. Never, yeah it's like a tent it, right? yeah exactly it's never the main stage <laughs> let's be honest they put the comedians in a tent I feel like the only time it would be a main stage if it was like a huge comic like Louis C.K. or Dave Chappelle or like somebody where all the kids are like yeah well that's what I'm saying that's what I think Jay Farrell's set was I think it was a yeah. main stage thing I don't, cool. I don't think Pemberton had a side stage no i you're right i've i didn't go but it sounds like <laughs> sounds like it's like, you're probably right first of all they're everyone out there is sweaty and hot yeah they're on mdma yeah <laughs> they're, they're just like do or play anything exactly. you, you know like if you've ever been on um any type of mind-altering drugs and yeah, uh, it's would, been quiet if, if people like if a comic could go up there and like just make people like feel their jokes like rather yeah. than listen to them like if they could just give it through touch mm-hmm. then i feel like it would be way more re- well received at festivals yeah. if you had like a hedberg type of touch yeah exactly if you go out there and just kind of hey everyone's on drugs hey and then everyone yeah. goes oh shit like this sp- guy knows he knows yeah everyone starts <laughs> checking their pockets like yeah. fucking freaks exactly uh i've actually never heard a better segue ever so thank you for setting this up oh, but perfect. um uh this question comes in from a listener this is uh via facebook uh-huh. and it says fatima what do you think of the $5 downloadable special era that we are living in? Oh. I believe they're referring to Louis C.K., Bill I Burr. Think, I think it's just people adapting to the times because in the past people had the option of releasing a special for however much and then there was no chance of people going out there and pirating it. Right. Whereas now... If someone releases a special on DVD mm-hmm. within like a day or a week or even hours, it'll be up on the internet, oh, yeah. and then everybody will just download it. And they're not gonna, if they're if it's out of their their financial range, if it's like twenty five bucks or twenty bucks, <laughs> twenty bucks is a lot these days. <laughs> I remember hearing Bill Burr say. Uh, yeah, I really hope people pay for this, you know, because yeah. uh, otherwise it's going to be a $112,000 business card or exactly. something. Exactly, <laughs> right? exactly. Like, and that's like a very well-produced, obviously, you know, with like a whole team and yeah. he's, he's paying out. There's uh, a huge budget behind these yeah, things. There's the pipe a fitters production union. team. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. There's all kinds of things. So I think it's... I think it's just people adapting to the times. I think it's great if you if you have a chance to get some financial like reco- yeah, like compensation right, out right. of your work, then do it. If five dollars is what you need to motivate people to buy your to buy your material to buy your set, that's right. Power to them. 
Because if you could do five dollars and yeah. get a set that's like quality, that that's rewatchable, first of all, that exactly. has replay value, or even segments that that someone can go, you got to listen to this bit. Yeah, and then it's like it's like four or five, six uh, it, minutes. It makes whatever. no sense when people are like, oh, "Why well, I'm not going to pay five dollars for this?" There's still right. people that steal after five dollars. Right. Where they're yeah. like, they'll go to Starbucks and like drink one five dollar cup of coffee and not even get as much enjoyment as they would out of that five dollar set. You totally summed it up. I yeah. mean. It's very difficult for me to sit here and, like, literally, first of all, it's 2014, and yeah. I'm, I'm making money in the music industry, so I am I feel like a unicorn sometimes. So <laughs> you it's are like, a unicorn! Right? So I, I'm, I'm not, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not unaware of the situation. So yeah, I, I'm absolutely. very, very blessed, and I'm very grateful. But you're right. There is kind of a weird disconnect between a Starbucks purchase that is a daily purchase, mind you. So yeah. right, right? Like you, five dollars pretty much. That's $150 a month. Exactly. Right? So $150 a month, which seems quote normal. Yeah. Unquote. Uh or a five dollar purchase for a comedy DVD that you can watch forever. Which is funny because people, those same people, they'll be like, oh Starbucks, they're the worst company, or I don't really care for them. <laughs> and then they'll be like, Yeah, this comic, he's the best. And then they'll go steal his material. Yeah. It makes no sense. Or just straight up not even not give even him credit. It. Exactly. Oh yeah, no no not no purchase. Him, yeah, no, no purchase, credit. nothing. But then they'll still like Yikes. use him in front of their friends or whatever yeah. to give him some sort of credit. Hey, or I heard uh you know what I think? And they yeah. just like totally steal the bit. Exactly. It's uh, the worst. Fuck that. No, oh, well. Some people are animals. What yeah. can I say? Um, so that was a pretty good answer. I got to say. I hope Ugh. that person's satisfied. They probably <laughs> but, uh, won't be, but that's life. No, they'll be like, really? I wanted you to say you didn't like it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, you know what? This next question was, was already covered. Uh, this was also in from Facebook. Oh, yeah. But uh, which comedian made you want to do comedy? <laughs> yeah here we it go. depends on how someone looks at that question like there's there's comics that have always inspired me to want to do comedy right whereas uh there was uh one particular comic that inspired me to do comedy in Who? a different Who? way who's that well, the one that i oh, would the mention one. previously oh, right 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 <laughs> But the ones See, that I tried growing to get up, to... like Bill Cosby was a big influence for me when I was growing up. And uh, then as an adult, when I looked into comedy further, like all the big ones. But I, I've also loved, like, I've always loved Doug Stanhope. Oh, wow. Which is funny because he's so opposite from my from my <laughs> current stand-up humor. You're, but you're very... I, um, I love his jokes and his view on the world. Well, stand-up's... I think his last special, Beer Hall. Beer Hall pushed. Yeah. yeah, I watched that as I was packing at like three in the morning to go yeah. to Halifax with yeah. my brother G Tone, <laughs> and uh, G Tone was like, "Have you seen this?" And I was like, "Yes, it's fucking hilarious, it's great. right?" So we, we put it on, and yeah, just like from the moment he goes out there, uh, I like how he wants to put the real lens on comedy. Yeah, it's just no holds barred. Right? He's just he just goes out there. He just says anything he wants to say, regardless of how people <laughs> might react to it. Yeah. And it's always truth, like, from anything that I've heard from him. Like, one of my favorite specials ever is one of his specials is No Refunds. Right. Oh, I oh, love No so Refunds. Good. It's great. All of that material is genius as far as I'm concerned. I believe Stanhope to be at the front of the line yeah. for that type of humor. Oh, yeah. Right for now. For sure. And, and I feel like... He's one like, of the living greats as yes. far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like... Um, you mentioned Cosby earlier. Yeah. Who's like basically also another a, one of the living greats. Right. He, he's, I mean, in a 
almost in a different way though, because he's oh, he's more like he's like a face on Rushmore. You yeah. know what I mean? Right. He like, is. Right. Exactly. He's an iconic. Whereas like Stanhope very well is on the path to to do that. Yeah. He, like, he, He'll he, be that level once he dies. Right. You know, as people do, as people tend to do that. It's it's interesting though. I mean, like he he had him and Joe Rogan mm-hmm. had the man show. Exactly. The the Redux after uh, after Jimmy Kimmel Co- and Corolla Corolla did their thing, mm-hmm. and so they it was kind of like right show wrong time kind yeah. of thing because like no matter what they were up in an uphill battle. So that's pretty much Stanhope's career. It's if, true. If you He's ask always me. been at the right place at the wrong time. Right. There's right. people that have come up with him that have had other successes, but I think that the thing with him is that people recognize his talent. The people know <laughs> yeah. that he's a funny man mm. with valid expressions on the world, like valid points on the world, and that people should listen to him. And he fucking makes people listen to him. Absolutely, I totally agree. Yeah. Um, I've, I've kind of like maybe. Like in a commercial sense, mm-hmm. like Louis C.K. right now is Louis, obviously. Yeah. You know, but like the character He's the that heavyweight right now, right, right, and then you probably got to say like Bill Burr right yeah. now. Bill Burr's killing it. He's also smashing it. Right. Uh, but the reason I bring up Louis is um, on his television show. Are you familiar? Have you ever oh, seen yeah. his show? I yeah. Love Louis. Uh, you know the episode where Stanhope plays the guy, yeah, who, his friend who comes back and wants to commit suicide, yeah. and which kind of brings us full circle a bit yeah. earlier from exactly. earlier, which is is that okay? Here's a literally like it's so real that you almost feel like that that's definitely been a parking lot conversation a few times. Oh yeah, between those two or sure. or another actor or. Or whoever, whoever you want to put into those roles, it's definitely right. happened before, right? Where in the comedy world, at least, they're like taking a swig out of a bottle and saying, "Yeah, this is my last night," and they're just like content with it. And mm-hmm. they're like, "Yeah, you know, I, I had a bunch of times at bat, and I gave it a few swings. Some of them went out, some of them didn't." Yeah. Okay. And, you know, and I, I think that that's that's powerful. You know, because so, someone that um, I gotta say. Th- I'd love to know how they decided to cast Stanhope to do that. Yeah. Because... I never looked into that either. Right. curious. Because what you said about him being right place, wrong time, Mm -hmm. that's very almost indicative of like it to be like, we need a guy who's kind of down on his luck, never really made the the next echelon leap to success across the board, but is respected very much amongst Amongst his peers. Amongst his peers, exactly. Right, and here's this guy who goes up and kills it. And my favorite part of that episode is when Stanhope, the guy, um, it's first of all, it's not even Doug Stanhope. He's playing a character. We should make everyone know. Yeah, but uh, Louis goes to check him to do five minutes at that room. Yeah, and he he has the best reaction. And and actually, as just as a viewer, I was like, "Holy shit, these are killer jokes!" Like he's exactly. like he's so funny, and he's going up into like a fake name, like shit pants, yeah. Mc- <laughs> yeah. fuck face or something. He doesn't even care yeah. about it. It's just he wants to go up there and get the reaction he wants. It has nothing to do with who he is. Exactly, and, and you know what? I I just I uh, I hope that if there's people out there right now that are listening to this that uh that are in the entertainment industry and they feel kind of like 
maybe they didn't get a fair shake in something mm -hmm. or whatnot. There's always a different path, man. There's always a different move you can make. There's always something else yeah. you can do to revitalize yourself. You're never going to see what other doors or windows are open for you unless you keep moving forward. If you That's keep right. focusing on what's behind you, you're never going to see the other opportunities that lay are laid out before you. Like That's definitely right. I totally, totally agree. And you yeah. know what? Again, I couldn't hammer this home anymore um, on this uh, weird day of comedy, yeah. obviously. But uh, it's a sad day in it's, comedy. It is sad. It is sad. It, it's. I'm very happy to have you on the show, obviously. But yeah. <laughs> but it's it's like it's uh, it's a weird way to cement uh, your first time on the show to have this kind of like hanging out in the background because yeah. it's. It affects so many people. It really does. It is. It's what everybody's going to be talking about for mm -hmm. the foreseeable future. Exactly. It's a huge. It's a huge loss in the world and the comedy scene. I wanted to uh, take a second here just to thank you for for coming on the show. Oh, thank you for having me. I, I know I'm your sophomore experience there. It's true. But uh, I I wanted to uh, let everyone know that if you wanted to follow Fatima, you can follow her on Twitter. Are you ready for this spell check? Oh yeah. I'm like you look, I don't have anything in my hand. I'm not cheating Here. or anything. <laughs> Go for it. Free handing this. Uh you can follow her on Twitter at F A T I M A D H O W R A. W R E. Oh shit. You almost got it. Nine out of ten ain't bad. Yeah. Fatima Dore at Twitter. That's right. Uh, here's the thing, though. I don't really use the Twitter. I'm not so much with the Twitters. <laughs> oh, I've noticed. I noticed. But, uh... I, yeah. I'm I'm learning that it's something that I should be using, but uh, I don't right now. I but should just I'm hook also you on up. Facebook. I should hook you, you up with... You can find me on uh, Facebook. I'll hook you up with Hootsuite. You ever use Hootsuite? Hootsuite? Yeah. Everybody's everybody's talking about Hootsuite. I use it because it's very effective, but it's it's yeah. like great social media aggregate. It lets you yeah. post at Twitter and Facebook at the same time. That's cool. Dude, do you know how nice that is? It's the That's, best. <laughs> yeah. I got a, <laughs> that uh, sounds pretty good. A friend of my lady's uh, works at the at the headquarters Yeah, because they're in Vancouver, aren't That's they? That's right, yeah. And uh, I've been using like it before that. I'd like to work that. there. <laughs> I was using it before that, but uh, they... Uh, yeah. Uh, now I got some more insight on it, and I'm like, oh, okay. It's actually a pretty crazy, powerful tool. Yeah, but now that you have the full understanding of it. If you're in comedy, you got to be a part of that, Fatima. Come I on. know. There's, it's funny because there's so many comics that, uh, that are, like, for example, like we were just talking about him earlier, Louie. He doesn't use Twitter very much, or at all. At all, yeah. But uh, he's so successful. Yeah. But then there's, uh, I, I don't get me wrong, I'm on Twitter all the time. I'm just <laughs> a lurker. <laughs> like, I just lurk, and I just, like, favorite things. That I'm one of those people. That's totally fine. And yeah. that, that's still an interaction. You're it still is. building it's followers. True. That's how it goes. I just think that uh, you might benefit from being more active. You that's know okay. What? I should. Uh, Today is the change. Today is when the change happens. Jimmy. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you can always follow me as well at MD underscore Boomsday on Twitter. Or you can email me directly with your thoughts or your comments or the correct spellings of. Edibacoke. It's even when you say no. Okay, but I know. But, Otherwise uh, you, known as Etobicoke. Etobicoke. Uh, you can email me directly at jayme at amprecordsco.com. Um, we also are being sponsored this week by Over the Moon Games. As we have been the last few weeks, we've given out a bunch of games. Uh, congratulations Ooh. to Brandon Kinley. Uh, congratulations to, uh, I believe the other name was Drake Penkoff. Uh, congratulations to all our winners so far. 
All you have to do to get a chance of winning this fantastic game called The Fall, which is available for PC, Mac, or Linux, or even Wii U, if you're one of the 10 people that own a Wii U, <laughs> you, uh, you can uh, go ahead and just retweet or share this episode, and I'll enter you into a random draw to be done by the next episode, which is next Friday. And uh, that'll give you a chance to win a game. It's fucking easy, folks, and the game's amazing. It's being called one of the best modern sci-fi games of this fucking generation come on sounds like i have to play this game now (laughs) come on and some of us worked on it right remember the ad okay anyway (laughs) so uh i think what we're gonna do is we're gonna go into some music right now uh fatima we're gonna listen to malachi grant oh and uh this gentleman is from new york shout out to him and uh nyc his whole entertainment company and everything out there uh this song's called my life i've been bumping this actually for the last few weeks this came to me through a music pool i'm involved in and uh, it got sent to me and i thumbs up it and he gave me a shout so shout out to malachi we're gonna go into this ladies and gentlemen please say goodbye to fatima Uh. and fatima say goodbye goodbye everyone thanks for having me oh you're so welcome They get it so exquisite And kick it how they live it You should see the pictures vivid Grab a shovel cause you dig it Look now, you dig it Oh now you win it Show me straight out of the tenements All about the Benjamins But a pecan with a tan Cinnamon Her adrenaline got a chasing all of the money man I'ma stick my in that If I could fit it in From a style put it down Drano I'm blowing up work life volcano Muscle hard ace hood Mano Ain't change yo I'm chopping it up and I'm breaking it down But you can Keep the change though. Dollar bill single, pimp game bingo, hit it like bingo. Fly no wings, y'all living on the edge, man. You should let your fear go. Trying to get fly, I take time, it's my time They waiting on their time, headed through the roof My pride is sky high, wind jumping in the booth Never felt so alive Stepping out the booth, I believe I could fly I really must be losing my mind But those who mind don't matter, those who matter don't mind Cause they know that I shine, and they loving my vibe Plus I grind, 24-7, 365 All around the tick, tick, time, ain't Change, but my rhetoric can rhyme. I'm chasing my dreams, sleeping through reality. My lifestyle, no gravity. I am fly as I wanna be this fly. They can never be one of a kind, kind of the one. I'll show you how to do this, son. Things 
just heard some things, did some things, cop the ring, cop the chain, got some bling, gotta shine his oxygen, I'm to fly, they watching him, oh no, they spotted him, target him, the plot thickens and the air gets thin, music is a meal, have you ate well lately, make your mind taste it, last up a grayle, fresh like early morning pastry, straight out the bakery, go ahead, copy, paste me. I got my gun on safety Better watch, better time, better jet, better fly, better whip, better ride Visually it's televised, they think that they nice, they just another lie I ain't never seen them grind, tell me when the f*** they shine I ain't never seen them fly, tell me when they touch the sky I was defined as a ribbon in the sky Stevie, no wonder the boy, he got dry Drive through the city